The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Nebraska Preps postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. That's the big voice guy, and I love every bit of it because that means I'm back with my main man, JP, affectionately dubbed Jacob Padilla. That's actually on his government. Right? Jacob. Yes. Yeah. Four, yep. two, 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 two syllables, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. They don't call him Jake. They don't call him anything but Jacob or JP. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Oh, fudge. A little sleep deprivation, <laughs> but we're good, right? I love it. In a in a good rhythm, we're kind of ramping up, starting to play better. Uh, figured out some things we could potentially, we as in Westside, be getting healthy here in the next couple of weeks. So uh, big x-rays coming up on Thursday just to kind of see where we're at and the risk-reward for for mr benning so we we feel pretty good finally settling in offensively in terms of how we want to play probably a good thing considering we got one week left of the regular season yeah so. but you know it took, it's weird right i get it i get it but we kind of it's been a little makeshift yeah. um losing a key cog offensively and defensively meant that everybody kind of had to ramp up one and we we lost uh we lost the starting corner uh, for the season and had to kind of figure out we moved Teddy Rezac just two games ago to the safety spot. So it's, it's kind of, it's a little like last year where we didn't really start to hit stride until later in the season. We weren't really much to look at. And I know everybody's like, I don't know if they're that good. And sometimes we wonder if we are, because we're still a work in progress, but it's all about playing right at the right time as a few of these teams, <clears throat> Grand Island and a couple others are starting to figure out. Yeah. Well, it's, since we're talking about Westside, why don't we just start with that? Because that was clearly the best game of the week there. Um, uh, Westside against Millard South, another case where we were both in the same place at the same time. Yeah. Um, it was a 41-34 overtime win for Westside. I can't. I don't know that I'd ever been in person for an overtime game in high school before that might've been the first one. Yeah. That, we had a couple of players ask what to do. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I was kind of chuckling and I was like, are you guys serious? Well, that's, I was saying over by Bill Steckis and we were like, uh, so what is it? They get they each get to go from the 10 or yeah. like, how does this work? Like we weren't even a hundred percent sure on the rules. And uh, the, the most recently, the last one that I coached in was, uh, against prep three years, four years ago. Um, where we went for it, we as back then Omaha North went for it on fourth and goal because we didn't have a place kicker, didn't get it. Uh, prep didn't move the ball and kicked a 17 yard field goal, uh, to beat us in overtime in the opener four years, four or five years ago. So, uh, a little familiar, not exactly excited about going there because overtime it's a crapshoot. And it's all about bowing your neck inside the money zone, which is the 10 yard line. Yeah. If you want a full uh, kind of recounting of what happened, I wrote my story up on hailvarsity.com, um, which was spectacular, there. by the way. Yeah, very, you. very thorough. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's uh, it's usually how it ends up going there. I uh, and that's why I keep the the play by play and try to keep my own box score and everything, just so I have some some more substance to uh, as opposed to just oh this guy made a really cool play I'm gonna talk up write 300 words about that and because you know what that can be misleading yeah exactly it, you have to kind of watch how games unfold that's why I like having huddle for all these teams because yeah. I can actually put style of play type of runs to the actual stats and like we talked about back with basketball that's why I uh, track games the way I do and in that way just to have uh, as much information as I can but um, that it was a phenomenal game um, and Anthony Rezac again you got you guys down right off the bat 14 nothing Miller South comes out um, this is the first game I had seen with Cameron Kozel uh, at, at quarterback for them um, and boy I, I was impressed <laughs> he makes quite a bit of difference for them but down 14 nothing and then you guys kind of settle in there um, Anthony Rizak, 89 yard uh, run for a touchdown to, to even it up at 14 nothing, and then basically from then on it was back and forth back and forth the whole way um, you guys get the ball last um, well first you, you get the the fourth down conversion to keep the, the drive yeah, alive huge catch by Trevor Spady a very difficult catch oh yeah um, and you got right before on third down had dropped uh, a little throw into the flat to get up some of that yardage so it was um, like it wasn't wasn't a gimme down at any uh, by any means and you guys were struggling to run the ball um with the handoff run game so it was like got to go to the pass and spady delivered and he had a few nice catches there including the, the game winner um but so i keep that drive alive march down get get in the uh, rezac again on a 20 uh, i believe a 27 yard scramble uh on a third down to get you guys inside the 10 yeah. and then a uh, couple near misses um on throws into the end zone have to settle for a field goal to tie the game and uh miller south runs the ball once and then head, head to overtime so um were you tied surprised like they weren't more or aggressive or did you understand a, a little bit uh again with situation like that i think maybe you you take a shot but um if, if you're worried about just the chance of bad things happening being um uh greater than the the reward there like i, I get it um but yeah, it's, uh, it's, I mean, there wasn't a great chance there um, that they were going to be able to march down and score. But, um, yeah, they, they chose to kind of just run it out and take their chances in overtime. And then they won, they won the coin toss and gave you guys the ball first. Yeah, so that's interesting, right? Because sometimes you, you kind of wonder. Um, we wanted to defer, ended up winning or losing that toss. Um, and it puts a lot of pressure on your your offense to get in the end zone because, you know, with, with Alvano and McLannan, I mean, two really good place kickers, you got to figure three's a gimme. So it was going to be all about getting touchdowns and not uh, field goal attempts in overtime and a huge fourth down conversion, a great pitching catch. The only place Spady could go get it who was really starting to ramp to round himself in a very, very good player. And a two-way guy for us as I'm asking him to play more defense for us now as well. Uh, and then, you know, we forced the the we forced the fourth down from from Millard South, and we we flush Kozio, who had made plays. How good is he? I mean, let's let's be honest. The 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 single most impressive play of that game, like the 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 Rezac 89 yard touchdown was nice, but it wasn't defended well, uh, and it was basically just a foot race. The single most impressive play of that game 
was the scramble. He evaded like five, six, seven different defenders. Three, three of our best tacklers in had succession. their hands on him. Yeah. Like it wasn't just like he had their hands on him, broke free, scrambled out to uh, the sideline, chucked it down uh, downfield. Uh, Gavin Nunley caught it, uh, forty-five yard gain out at the one. Like just unbelievable. unbelievable. Play. I mean, we had him dead to rights, and that's 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 JQ Osler. Arguably our best defensive lineman, Nick Anglum, a very sure tackler, and Bo Ryan. I mean, those are three really good defensive players that Cam and he shocked me, right? I've seen him. So you, you go you watch him play baseball and it's different, right? Because you can't really tell athlete yeah. you can tell athleticism, but you can't really tell athleticism. He's such a good hitter. I think that's what people are captivated yeah. by. But you looked at him in pads. And I had to walk up to him up close, right? I usually like to say hey to the guys, you know, a lot of respect, especially some of the key players. And, you know, Merton, those guys, I, you know, hello to Rucker, because I've known him for so long. But looking at Kozio's build, I mean, he is a literal handful. The huge trunk, the great legs that generate all that torque, you know, when he's at the plate. The great waste, the he is not a tall guy. I was gonna say not a tall guy, but, but he's, he's, he's a pretty strong. big guy, and he is extremely strong. Yeah. Um, How about his accuracy? Yeah. I mean, some of those balls. I mean, say what you want about the right receivers; they're fine. The ball placement. Oh yeah. Put them where only the guys could go. <laughs> the only door guys yeah. are going to make a play. Uh, and yeah, there was even one or two drops on great passes like that. Like if the kid pulled it in, could have been huge plays. But like he, so I had Kozel 15 for 27 for 231 yards and a touchdown. Ran the ball 10 times for 51 yards and three scores. Um, and had the one interception at the very end of the game. You guys force incompletion, incompletion, or uh, second down roll out, roll out to the right. You flush him from the pocket, throw not there. Second down rolled out again, uh, extended the play. Tried, looked like he thought he saw his receiver open in the end zone, yeah, but Kiefer Ty Kiefer. Uh, kind of hiding behind him, undercut the route, and picked off the pass to seal the game. And that that's how it ended. Interception in the end zone uh, on, I believe, their second second play uh, in overtime for, for Miller's house. So, heck of a play. And Kiefer's a great story. Yeah. Um, guy who's really good player early on in his career. Plays a freshman, really good as a sophomore. Got hurt at the end of his sophomore season, ACL tear. Then got, then toured again as a junior. Um, so, he basically missed uh, a year and a half um, yeah. straight. And then to come back this year, he's having a great year for you guys. And especially it's really important for him to play well, considering uh, you, you lost your other starting safety. Yeah. And, the, and it, he has had to be huge. A lot of pressure uh, on TK. I, we like to call him chief Keith um, because he is, he is a chief back there, but um, just a gutty win. And I think, you know, typically for our guys, we're such slow starters. And it cost us in, in, against North Platte because they were so good possessing the ball. We just didn't get enough opportunities offensively against them. We did get some more opportunities against Millard South because we found a way to settle down defensively after a, very, a pretty shaky start. And, you know, we forced a little inefficiency. 15 to 27 isn't – you're not blown away by it statistically, but he was on a rhythm there where we didn't know if we were going to be able to get stops there those first couple mm -hmm. of drives. And we had to make some adjustments on the fly. And Christian Jones and Nick Anglum, all our guys that kind of have to adjust, our adjusters, were really in a bind all game. But Miller South's inability to run the football, 
I, I think ultimately was the key. It put a lot of pressure on Koziel and, and that wide receiving core. And they had some success early on with that running game, especially uh, running a little bit of the kind of option look and with some forward pitching type of stuff. It's hard like to handle. Tricky to know where the, the lot target, of formations, yeah. Yeah. a lot of motion. And it's, it's a, it's a difficult team to defend. And Feller actually had some tough carries early on. He's a but tough like kid. I said, as the game went on, you guys were able to kind of key in on that a little bit and then force more. He's a pretty, he's pretty underappreciated. Yeah. He's a good back runs hard. First guy seldom gets him. Uh, he's a good player. Yeah. Who's going to be a good player Marion Jackson. He had a really nice touchdown catch in the end zone, the freshman there. And we, um, and we had limited his opportunities, yeah. but when they went to him, he made plays on a couple of 50, 50 balls. Yeah. So they, they got some good young guys uh, to kind of carry on after the senior class moves on. But um, yeah, you be guys... interesting to see what happens without Kozio concept wise with that offense because some of his improvisation is so good yeah like his feel he he, he makes them different 100 percent, like completely different team than what i had seen previously and i mean heck with brock, Mur brock murta at quarterback they gave elkhorn south like that was a competitive game like he he did all he could in that game but it's just a little different when you've got a guy that can throw as accurately as uh as kozo can while also being able to um Brock's got fantastic size doesn't he and I'm, I'm a big fan they're a different team when you can put him outside and yeah. throw him a couple of those jump balls down the field as opposed to him having to go make the play himself um it just makes him much more dynamic especially it's big having him back at receiver and somewhat healthy now considering they lost austin trotter who was their big play threat um who has how good is bombs. lacuna big big boy inside he, he plays hard oh we <laughs> Like, and here's the thing. He's mean spirited. So when he plays, it's not just, he's not handing out bouquets, right? But he's trying to punish you. You guys had nowhere to run up the middle. I mean, but between Jamez Ross and Kurt Kubrick, you had uh, 11 carries for 30 yards. You guys weren't even trying anymore. Like he's like, all right, Anthony, you guys got, you, you got to take the lead here. And he, uh, um, I don't think Ross even carried the ball in the second half had, had the one fumble, but um, Rizek, 19 for 26 for 299 yards and two scores, 26 carries for 182 yards and three touchdowns by my count. Very unofficial stats, but I haven't seen what your guys' box score was. But, I mean, close enough, like close to a 300-200 game, like yeah. flirting with it. And he's had multiple, like three or four games now where he's over 120 passing, 120 rushing. Um, it's, it's, a, it's become a very difficult offense to defend because our offensive line has got good size. They're really starting to come around. But the RPO kind of dual threat run game um has been really really tough to defend and spady coming into his own jalen lloyd has been fantastic so, man talk about obviously transfers a lot of time people especially at high school level get demonized and all that but uh you look at two guys that made moves that were good for them and that are paying off with uh obviously jalen lloyd that we're talking about eight catches for 127 yards and touched them by my count in that game and then Isaiah McMorris is leading the state in receiving two guys that made decisions for them to, to better their futures. And now Jalen, obviously, got a, got a, a chance phenomenal to to tracks yeah. uh, star. He's got he's definitely got some interest on the football. He's going to he's going to have a choice to make. Yeah. And I don't think that would have been the case if he continued to, to play at Central. Understood, so, yeah. Um, and so, again, like some some really great catches down the field, just kind of one on one. Go beat your man, throw it up there. And he went and got the ball down the field. He's so unassuming, too. He's just a fantastic kid. Pretty easy to cheer for. Yeah. And you talked about um, having to move um, Anthony Rizak around after Caleb got hurt, moved into safety. Take Teddy. That spot. Uh, Teddy, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know why I wrote Anthony down here twice. Uh, Teddy, uh, he 
now he's having to play a little bit more offense now too, without Caleb in that spot as well. And he, he also went over hundred yards yeah. receiving, had some really great plays in that game. Um, just, um, 106 yards on four catches by my count. His best attribute by far is his competitiveness. He's already a really good athlete who's still growing. You know, had some schools that night uh, in attendance watching him, Iowa in particular, Wyoming. Um, still growing. You know, he's he's bounced around. He was a corner, then he's an outside linebacker. Now he's a safety. Still managing to play some wide receiver in a very complicated offense. A uh, lot of upside for Teddy. Yeah. So that I mean, Westside moves on seven to one. Got one game left uh, coming up against Lincoln Northeast on Friday. So looking um, strong season again. And Millard South, that was the first loss with Kozel at quarterback. Uh, just four and four, but I think not, they, not a team that would be fun to prepare for. Exactly. I think they've shown that hey, they can play with anybody with uh, with the guys that they got now. So they moved up two spots, and Sauter's coaches pulled the number eight. So what that's ten? Is that ten points or nine points combined? Loss be- between Elkhorn South and Westside, something like that. I, I forgot what the score was again. I think thirty-one twenty-eight or something like that. I should. I better probably double check that because if if in fact that is that is accurate, that would be. I mean that 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 lets you all that that pretty much lets you know all you need to know, uh, and and watching Millard South play that those games are are have been really really good. Thirty-one twenty-eight. Yep. Good call. Yeah, that's yeah. nine points. Or seven. Yeah, the ten. Ten total. Seven, yeah. And so two one-score losses to two of the three best teams in the state. Yeah. Oh, so that's – and, again, they didn't have Kozo in that, that Elkhorn South game. So, I think – Not that Murtaugh Sydney any slots because no. the more he has the ball in his hands, the more of a headache he becomes. But, yeah, so, again, Millard South is a team that you're going to have to keep an eye out for as we head into the postseason here. Um, back to the top, Gretna. Jeez. 71-17 against Omaha South. I think uh, 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 Zane Forrest was done by halftime. Uh, 276 yards and six touchdowns. Corver Demma, who congrats, uh, committed to walk on at Nebraska. Heck of a player. Um, two sacks and a forced fumble. Uh, so, uh, again, just continuing to wreak havoc there. And then, oh, credit to Omaha South. Um, like, they, they just chuck it. All game long. Yeah. They had two uh, 100-yard receivers in that game. Dylan Sheard had 12 catches for 162 yards. A lot of people around the Metro like him. And Eric Thomas, 11 catches, 127 yards, and a touchdown. He went over 1,000 yards on the season. That's pretty impressive. Um, 14 catches. He also, even more impressive, he is 4 for 4 passing for 221 yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, they, I guess it seems like they've got some pretty good schemes over there at Omaha South. They just don't quite have the full team to, to compete just yet, but impressive to, to move the ball like that against a, a good Gretna defense. Um, even if uh, they didn't have their, their starters playing there that long. Um, another blowout, uh, Elkhorn South at number two, 55, 14, they were up 49, seven at halftime. Uh, Carson Ronner didn't even play quarterback. Um, they had their backup playing. I think Ronner ran the ball one time, but um uh, don't know what the story was there, but Cole Boward, 10 carries for 215 yards and two touchdowns or not uh, more, more than two, but um, he had seven total touchdowns, uh, one catch for 72 yards and a touchdown and uh, two punt returns for 51 yards and a touchdown. So um, not bad. His next game here, uh, he'll go over a thousand yards on the season. He's got 25 touchdowns on the ground and played very few quarters. Yes. 25 touchdowns. He on doesn't the see a lot of second halves or receiving and two punt return. Yeah. 
So 31 total touchdowns. And again, playing half, half the game. A lot of these times, I got to go back to something for Gretna that I think, you know, a lot of people say what they aren't. I'll tell you what they are. That's a winning program. And this is two scary things. And I get it. 71, 17, 14 at eight guys, carry the ball and 11 different players catch a pass. Got a lot of guys. You'd be hard pressed to do that in a practice. (laughs) No, listen to what I'm telling you. 11 different guys caught balls for Gretna on Friday night. Try that in a practice when they have two, three different guys throw passes uh, during the game as well. Like they, Alex Wilcoxon did a little bit of everything as a backup he's, quarterback, he's receiver, abs- defender. I listen. I got there's no shame in saying this, and you because you yeah. know this because I see you all summer. He's like one of my favorite people yeah. in the metro. He's a he's an easy kid to cheer for, and he competes. Man, he is fearless out there competing like he just embodies their culture logan sakura these guys they're they just they play hard yeah part of that jacobson craven family over there that's uh, a lot, lot of good uh athletes coming out of uh th- that family tree over there uh, for nebraska but uh yeah and isaiah weber who i don't know how yeah we'll, he see, is. we'll, we'll see, see what happens with yeah, his health because i there. think they're gonna need him yeah because he was really coming into his own and i think with him you could argue they're the most complete team in the state yeah. again elkhorn south has um a claim there i think you guys have a claim but those are probably the the three that you you like their pieces at every level on both sides of the ball um if, if they don't have that that's makes them a little bit more one-dimensional it's pretty good dimension when uh Zane Forrest is a quarterback, but you still would like to try to keep teams a little bit honest. But we'll see how, how that plays out once we hit in the postseason. Um, and big game up like Elkhorn South closing out with uh, Omaha North. We'll touch on them next because that was the, the big upset this week. Grand Island 31. Really shook up the playoff standings, didn't it? Omaha North 21. Yeah, it's uh, looking at this matchup. I'll see in the co- co- collision course between Elkhorn South and Omaha North. Last game of the regular season. Have uh, chance to see both teams. How good are you really? And here comes Grand Island playing spoiler the week before. And also, I think w- on top of being a great win for Grand Island, what does this say about Elkhorn South, who just demolished Grand Island out of their place the previous week? We so full disclosure, right? If you listened to us last week, we wondered how Grand Island would hold up playing back to back physical run teams and all they did was turn north over five times via the interception route yeah and found a way to play from ahead in that game yeah so that was 17-7 first quarter and then they basically just traded scores the rest of the way grand island held serve um monster game for jace chrisman 28 carries for 184 yards and three touchdowns eight tackles including three for loss and two sacks so if if Oman North couldn't slow him down, well, here comes Cole Ballard. So they're going to have to figure something out defensively uh, because that's that, that's going to be as good as Chrisman was. Like we just talked about, Ballard's one of the best in the state. Um, Tayshawn Porter, kind of 20 carries, 120 yards and a touchdown. Uh, also had, caught his pass for a touchdown, did what he could, um, and is up to over 1,200 yards on the season now, 20 touchdowns. Um, also has that receiving touchdown and he also has a 45 yard passing touchdown. So, um, it's just phenomenal season for him, but, and, and, again, and don't blink they're two, behind their two losses. Omaha West side, 47, 13 and Elkhorn South 42 to three. Now those scores are lopsided, but in between you've got wins over Carney 
and North to kind of provide you with a little bit of confidence. And you've got to win over North Platte, too, if you're Grand Island, yeah. who is a team that not a lot of folks are chomping at the bit to play. And you mentioned five interceptions. Sebastian Circle, he'd been really good for them since he's coming back, really balanced out of offense, been really efficient, accurate with his passes. But um, they definitely forced him into some mistakes. He's still a, a young starter, um, just a sophomore. 17 for 35 for 164 yards, two touchdowns, but those five interceptions and they force a fumble as well. Um, so six turnovers from him. That's something he's going to have to learn from moving forward. He's still still a very good player, um, but again, got to go through some adversity early on to make you better. Yeah, not to make excuses, but it's food for thought, right? You wondered how it would shake out for North given the schedule that they had been coming off of, uh, how they had won games pretty convincingly and, it can get away from you with a young team about not staying in the moment. And then you get a team like Grand Island, as well-coached as they are, who's going to play hard every time out. I wonder, you know, just getting in behind the scenes with Coach Martin, getting his team to understand that that's a, there's a certain level of emotion that you have to play with every night in the Metro. Because as we've seen, it's been a very strange year for ups and downs. Yeah. With that win, Grand Island climbed all the way up to number five in the, in the coaches poll, and uh, they closed out with Omaha North. So I got a chance to close out the season seven and two here, uh, position themselves well uh, for the postseason. And then I, again, I, I don't think six turnovers from the quarterback spot is something that you, you're probably going to see again from Omaha North, but they do have to find a way to shore up that run defense because Cole Ballard is going to run hard all night long against them. Yeah, I was a little surprised to see them get gashed the way that they did up front and. You know, and kind of rounding out the top 10 with Carney and, and North Platte. Uh, Carney coming off the big win against uh, Lincoln Northeast and had a chance to watch them on film quite a bit just because Northeast is our is our next opponent. And, of course, very familiar with North Platte and, and what they're capable of doing. Two teams from a preparation standpoint that kind of stress you with how they attack you, even though they do it different ways. Carney spreads you out very good. Um, putting your number two, your flat defenders in, in binds, right? Very good route concepts. And we've seen what North Platte does in terms of that single wing and ground and pound. Yeah, so that was a 46 uh, nothing win for Kearney uh, against Lincoln Northeast. And North Platte actually had to come from behind. They were down 13-10 to 10, uh, after three quarters and outscored Norfolk 14 nothing in the fourth to win it. Ran the ball 50 times for 263 yards and three touchdowns. Seen and that before. Brock Robley uh, accounted for all three of those touchdowns and 165 of those yards. Um, didn't, didn't pass the ball, didn't need to, uh, but it was a 24-13 win for, for North Platte. And again, kind of stepping up late. Um, we did skip over uh, Creighton Prep. Um, it's the other one we mentioned. And they uh, they barely got out of that uh, battle with Papio uh, with the win. 24-20 was the final. Wait, uh, Papio is they're dangerous, they, they aren't they? They're they're pesky. They're scrappy. They get good quarterback play. But play wouldn't be one of those fun teams either. Yeah, and they got out of uh, there with the win against Lincoln Southwest. They've been uh, feisty in some of these other games. And uh, Caden Russell, go-ahead touchdown with six seconds left from the one to, to win that game for prep. They, they got the ball back, I believe, with about four minutes to go, down 20-17. to 17. Uh, Charmar Brown, 26 carries, 172 yards and touchdown, but had to leave the game with an injury. I think he tried to go back in, but it was clearly, um, not himself. Yeah, not himself. So, um, that's something to monitor moving forward because he basically is that offense at this point. Um, but, um, they, they continue to kind of rotate different quarterbacks in there and still haven't gotten consistent play there, but 
Pierce Johnson punt return touchdown um, really was a difference in this game. Um, and that's the thing, like prep just, they have, it's so hard for them to score the ball. They've got to find whether it's an 80 yard breakaway by Marty Brown or a special teams touchdown defense, whatever it is, they've got to find kind of different ways to score the ball at this point, which, uh, and um, lost one of their linemen, Rocco Marcelino. Um, he's done for the year, unfortunately, yeah. uh, suffered an injury. So um, preps, Kind of still uh, moving along there, getting these wins. but Very uh, battle-tested. Yeah. Uh, but will it catch up with them? Because they don't get any easy points yeah. on offense. Like, it has to be kind of a grinder. And defensively, they don't have a ton of margin for error because this is not the type of offense that wants to play catch-up. If, if you're looking, before we get out of Class A, if you're looking for anybody to put on upset alert, is it Elkhorn South versus North? Is it? Bellevue West, who's at Papiola Vista South. And listen, you talk about no love lost between two staffs, two staffs that do not <laughs> like one another, uh, Bellevue West and Papiola South. That one is kind of interesting to me because Bellevue West struggles at times to stop the run. Devin Jones and the company can be a handful, but Bellevue West coming off the bye. And uh, I know Devin didn't play last week for Papio South. Not sure what the story is there. Um, that obviously I think would make a difference for them. Um, Lincoln East at Gretna. Um, maybe there's something there. Um, Lincoln East coming it's off such a big a, one. It's such a tough place to play. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's strange how the weather affects that field. If you're a quarterback, you have to be able to cut the wind. You have the wide open south end with very little tree coverage and the wind just plays differently there. And it's a, it's a beautiful facility. Yeah. Um, a couple more shouts for uh, Isaac Pameran sophomore for Papio at 18 tackles and 13 of them solo and a tackle for loss in that prep game. Payton Prestito, 15 carries, 183 yards and a touchdown, seven tackles on defense. And coach Williams made the roll the dice. He went young. Yeah. Um, and had some guys uh, definitely step up and play well. Um, Millard West knocked off Lincoln Southwest again. That's a good. That's a good win for Millard West. Puts them squarely in the middle of the playoff hunt in in terms of seeding. They they held Lincoln Southwest to seven passing yards on twelve passes, <laughs> five of twelve for seven yards, and the longest con, uh, completion was six yards. So they had four passes yeah. for a total of one yard. Zero answers uh, for Mr. Williams and Millard West, who had three scores. And I flew with a couple guys that were at the Southwest game that have vested interest in Southwest. They called it a bit of a giveaway in terms of that, but there's something about Millard West's resolve that you got to give credit to. It's 23-13 Southwest heading in the fourth, and then Millard West scored twice in the fourth quarter to win it. Um, and like you said, Jackson Williams, uh, Millard West doesn't do max preps. So I don't have numbers, but he's had some monster games. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's got to be. I think he finished with season. six for 178 in that one. Not bad. I remember him running all over Miller North <laughs> on that TV game a couple weeks back. Every time I looked up at the TV, he was running in the end zone. Um, Cal Newell for Lincoln Southwest, 34 carries for 268 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, he's up to 1,100 yards and six touchdowns on the season. He's had a phenomenal season as well. And then another guy uh, for Lincoln Southwest, 55-14, went over Brian Max Butenbach, 16 carries for 270 yards, four touchdowns plus a 27-yard uh, reception, plus two punt returns for 38 yards. So just doing a little bit of everything for them. Um, there's a few of the other big performances I saw in Class A. Uh, jumping down to B, continuing the collision course, though, aren't we? Yeah, 
Uh, <laughs> Omar Gross uh, had you uh, got to sit at home and watch because of the, uh, the Buena Vista forfeit. Well, Bennington, they had to go earn it. Yeah. Uh, 21-7 win. I over think, they, North I think they, ne- they needed a game like that, yeah. I think, just to kind of. It had been since Elkhorn where they struggled early in that first half and then was dom- they were dominant in the second half against the Antlers. Uh, got another toughie from another Elkhorn opponent, and this time it was Elkhorn North. Yeah, and Nick Holbert, again, another big game, over 100 yards on the ground, two scores, also caught a pass, the three passes, one of them went for a touchdown. Uh, Trey Bird, 122 yards passing and a score, um, uh, 94 yards rushing. Uh, so kind of the dynamic duo for them, again, stepping up. And then Gunnar Lyme leading that defensive effort, 13 tackles and interception, um, which he returned 38 yards. He's had a really good season. We talked about him on the basketball court. He's a really good athlete in that back end there for a really tough Bennington defense who um, really I mean, Elkhorn North, uh, seven points. They they forced uh, three interceptions from a, a pretty good quarterback in Josh Basilovic. So, um and they held him to just 35 yards rushing as well. And he basically is their offense. So um, impressive defense performance by Bennington, but uh, the Wolves made them earn it on offense. Uh, probably the closest game Bennington's had in a while. Um, like we said, Gross was on by. Scott's bluff, easy 35 nothing over Garing. Uh, Sebastian Boyle, 259 yards on the ground, four scores. Uh, he's up to nearly 1,200 yards on the season on the ground, 18 touchdowns. That is kind of the one thing like you look that they haven't scored as easily uh, as some of these other teams with, with these lead backs, but he's still uh, churning out the yardage. Braden stole 91 yards and score on the ground. Um, and the defense, seven tackles for loss, two sacks, two interceptions, and held gearing to 140 total yards of offense. Not bad. I tell you what, in four or five kind of remain locked. I liked how you yeah. tiered class B a couple weeks ago. It's held true to form, even though, had a couple of litmus test yeah. games in there. You, I just couldn't get you to budge. You felt pretty good at how you were kind of locking those tiers in. Yep. Uh, Waver, uh, Elkhorn, uh, 47-3 over Elkhorn, Mount Michael. Um, they just kind of plug along here. They, they had the couple of setbacks against. Uh, Tough. So yeah, those are good losses. Bennington and Gross early on. So two best teams. But um, here they are. They beat everybody else. And really impressive looking really impressive heading into the postseason here and then Waverly 14 nothing over sewer um not not, not their most impressive win over the last couple of weeks uh, they've been a little bit more explosive than that offensively but you pitch a shutout that's uh that's I think coaches will take that any day um well and let's let's jump down to C1 as we're well over the 30 minute mark just real quick Aurora Pierce Ashland Greenwood does it take a little convincing to put McCook in that discussion at eight and oh? Now you look at the record against some like opponents, it does get my attention a little bit. Are you gonna this is this is the hot seat again? Are you going to steer still tier C one, considering we haven't seen McCook live, or will you budge and take the bait and move them up a tier? That was an impressive win for yes, them last week to improve to eight and zero. Yes, it um, was. But only one team has Carlos Colazzo. Yeah, and, um, and that would be the number one team in C1. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I still feel good about kind of Aurora there, and then Pierce with that quarterback receiver duo with uh, Schulting and Bramer there at two. Um, I think McCook is very, very clearly established themselves right there though in that next group. They'll they'll be a contender in that class. I just well, the seedings will be interesting in C one. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll see kind of here as we, we wrap up the last week of the regular season. Um, 
jumping down a little further. Um, we've already started in the postseason for for the lower classes there um, in the eight man. I kind of uh, like teams. that though. <laughs> um, the looking at those playoffs that start this week, the the number one seeds um, and the way they split this up, the first round they do two 16 team brackets uh, for the first round, go west and east, and then winners advance, and then they kind of jumble up the bracket from there. And the one seeds in D1 this year, North Platte, St. Platts at 8-0. They'll face Elkhorn Valley in the first round. And then Laurel Concord Coleridge also at 8-0. And, um, and they'll face Meade in the first round. Uh, the two seeds uh, are Riverside at 7-1 and one, uh, against 15 Maxwell. I think and Stanton gets Stanton, the other little one, right? 8-0 eight, eight uh, against Pender. Uh, and then we'll just, the three seeds are Neela Oakdale at seven and one against Cambridge and Cross County eight and zero uh, against Weeping Water. So anything jump out to you from Cross, Cross County is the team to keep yeah. an eye on. Well coached, very experienced, expected to be here. Cross County is a very dangerous three, in my opinion. I've seen them a couple of times. Uh, they have my attention. Made a good run last year. Um, got some some good athletes for sure. And it's uh, all of a sudden become a tough place to play, too. A very raucous crowd. You know, the admin love sports. They got a great young coach who is, I mean, he just oozes energy. It, that Cross County has been quietly, a, it was a nice story last year, but they're like, hey, listen, we're not yeah. done. Yeah. And Sauter's coaches, Paul, North Platte, St. Pat's is number one. Cross County is number two. Um, Neely Oakdale, three, and Stan, four. Laurel Concord, Coleridge, five. So those are the top five ranked teams, but, and they're all in the top three seeds there. Uh, and quickly in D2, uh, one seeds are Hitchcock County at A&O against Maywood Hayes Center and Howells Dodge. Uh, we know about them, 8-0. Eight absolute juggernaut yeah. is Howells Dodge. And they are the number one team uh, in the coaches poll. Hitchcock County's number two. So look at the two seeds they're, there. They're just so good up front. Yeah, and they, they got some, some key guys back from last year's run. Um, can run the heck out of the ball. Yeah. And then Sandhill Sedford at seven one is a two seed uh, against Highness, and why not at seven and one is the other two seed against Winside. Um, so those are uh, kind of the top seeds there in D two, and the, those playoffs start on, on Thursday. It's hard yeah. to believe postseason's already here. Yeah, and you know what? We're absolutely ready. We will. Uh, we'll be back. We're going for Monday, right? Uh, yes, we should be Monday next week. They, right. Day off Nebraska, week. coming off the bye week. We can do the interviews for the coaches. Their pressures will be Tuesday. So I think we feel good about that, right? Should be, yeah. All right, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep you. We'll keep you tuned in. That's uh, only one place to get all your high school needs. That is Nebraska Preps post game. That's my man Jacob Padilla. I am Old DB. We'll be back next week. A Huda Media Production.